Welcome to Direct Line with Greg Taylor and Stephanie Spangler. Direct Line, religious topics without preaching, mixing politics and religion and not shying away from controversy. You're not going to find all your answers, but you will always find an opinion. This is Direct Line. And now your hosts, Greg Taylor and Stephanie Spangler. Well, good morning and Happy New Year. Welcome to the first Direct Line of 2023. Stephanie, we missed you last week. Thank you. How was Florida? It was cold. Yeah. At well, first. Cold, cold for Florida or just cold, period? It was it was cold okay. for Florida, but it was cold. Okay. They had the heat on. Okay. But okay. it was great. It was yeah. a great visit. It warmed up quickly. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, had a couple we, cold days. And then we had a great up. show in your absence last week. Dale Daniel. I and, did not listen to it. Yet, well, um, it, was, it was a blast. Tracy <laughs> Thomas jumped in along yeah. with Dale Daniel. We kind of reviewed 2022. I want to do some more of okay. that this week Good. for part of the show. But I, I want to dive in by talking about Christmas weekend. This is the okay. first time we've been together on radio. And two right. weeks ago, uh, we, we had our Christmas show with Miles Clark and right. Terry Goodwin. Right. And there was a storm <laughs> a-brewing That's that right. Thursday morning. That's right. And you made a prediction. You said we're one only going to get one inch of snow. Did we even get I one think inch? You're, I think maybe an inch, yeah. <laughs> but it became unbelievably cold. Yeah, uh, sure Friday, did. it was in negative territory much of the day mm-hmm. with these uh, crazy winds, 30 to 40 mile an hour winds. Right. Right. Um, thank you to your mother for the mask, because <laughs> I still had to walk the dog That's in right. the weather. And uh, I actually had face <laughs> sweat as a result of that mask. So, well, I think that's a good thing. I mean, if Eddie Bauer ever wants someone to do a commercial for that. I mean, you look like a serial killer, That's right. but it keeps your face warm. It really is something. Maybe so. we should like just do a little commercial. I, we could, I, we do could have Dale yeah. fire up the I like camera it. and, I mean, and maybe we could scare, send it to Eddie Bauer. And it's see. a scary look. I mean, it is. you know, it really, you are frightening. Yeah, but you're warm. That's right. And that's what matters in, in those cold days. But you know, that Saturday was Christmas Eve yeah. and it was still really you know, problematic weather-wise from a cold standpoint. Right. We had a snafu at church. We had a water line break about, what, two and a half hours would, before Christmas? Would you call Christmas that a snafu? Eve. I'd call it uh, something. Funny thing is I know multiple churches right. that went through struggles along those lines. Right. Um, I made a quick hospital call that afternoon, came back, saw the, you know, recovery work in progress, trying to get water up and running. Right. And I thought to myself, you know, if we have a couple hundred people brave the cold, mm-hmm. we're going we're gonna to have a good day. Right. Uh, over a thousand people came yeah. for in-person Christmas Eve yeah. services, and uh, I was just stunned. I really was. Well, Greg, I mean, everybody's got cars that have heaters. And, they do. I mean... They do. But I got to tell you, on, on Friday especially, even Saturday morning, I was running some errands for, for Marla. The, the police, Danville police had to shut down one of the entrances to Walmart. Because there were so many accidents happening with Mm. ice. I mean, it just was not an ideal day to be out. Mm. And I thought to myself, especially in the era of live stream, especially in the era where you can sit in front of your fire, uh, I just was blown away by the turnout. What does that tell you? Well, I think it tells me that people have figured out there is something that cannot be replicated on television, oh, on your computer, when you truth. gather together. That's the and truth. And that Christmas Eve and Christmas morning. I mean, I was probably more encouraged Christmas morning yeah. by the number of people yeah. that came out. Um, our 920, we didn't do an 8 o'clock service. Right. Only had one person show up, which I thought was good. <laughs> That's not bad. Um, the 920 service, man, it looked full, mm-hmm. right. you know. And then 1045, not as much, but still a good crowd. and. Mm-hmm. I think over 500 people mm-hmm. on Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. I go back to uh, my suggestion from two weeks ago that I'd love to implement. I'd do Christmas morning worship every year if I could pull up. <laughs> I just think of of all 
ways that you celebrate the birth. Mm-hmm. I think worship mm-hmm. is at that top of the list. But I was just blown away. I thought you did a great job putting Christmas Eve together. I thought you and Charlie did a great job um, collaborating together for Christmas morning worship. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like people, they just had joy. Yes. You know, they just yeah. really were embracing uh, the reality of why we're there. And right. I just, I loved it. I loved every aspect of it. I watched the next gen Christmas Eve service. I thought they did a great job. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was a wonderful time to gather together. Mm-hmm. And that really, at the end of the day, is what Christmas is all about. Right. So, any thoughts? Any reflections? Well, I'm just thinking about next year. So, Christmas Eve is on a Sunday. Yep. So yep. that's that causes an interesting dilemma. Well, here's what a lot so. of churches will do. And this is, uh, I've been a part of a church that one time did this, and you just do the same thing Christmas Eve morning right. that you do Christmas Eve evening. And you don't want that. I am diametrically opposed yeah. to that, yeah. um, personally. Yeah. Because if I was not in ministry, if I was just average church member, mm-hmm. I would want to go to church on Sunday morning like I do every week, mm-hmm. and I'd want to come back for a Christmas Eve mm-hmm. worship in the late afternoon mm-hmm. or the evening, mm-hmm. and I think I'd be disappointed if it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked last week about the debate, should churches have been open on Christmas mm-hmm. morning? Mm-hmm. And I think the answer, at least for us, for was sure. abs- Can you imagine if we wouldn't have offered that? I mean, five, 540 people, something like that, right. showed up. Right. We're making that decision for 540 people. Right. You're not worshiping in person today. Right. So we'll see what happens. We'll see a, how it plays out. It was a great out. weekend. It, was a it great really weekend. was. It really was. I think it was one of my most relaxing. Yeah. Besides the no, water. Besides the water. Right. Um, I'm not sure why. I just, I, I mean, I think good planning. Yeah. You know, being planned out well ahead of time. But I don't know. It just was the people that I worked with, the vol- our volunteers. Yeah. And I'm sure this is probably true in every church. Yeah. Volunteers are so important. Yeah. And yep. people who come prepared, they've practiced, they're ready to go. Yeah. And they're happy to be there and do yeah. it, you know? So the people that you get to, to, to do services with like that, that makes me happy. So. Well, you pitched this idea to me for what was the Christmas Eve service mm-hmm. in Maine Auditorium, I think in July. Right. I mean, right. and I, will, I loved it at that point. But it was not what I was visualizing in July that turned out on Christmas Eve. And I I heard so many people come up and say, and really the big idea was the nativity is not this reality that you put on your coffee table. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. Jesus was real. Right. Mary was real. Right. Joseph was real. The Magi were real. And I think that really connected. And you kind of had the inspiration from a children's book. Is that right? It wasn't a children's book. Or a book. It's a book. book. Sharon McCall gave me the idea. It's a book called A Walk One Winter Night. Yeah. So I really wanted to buy the book and give it away to every family, but that wasn't in the budget this year. But So yeah, I don't want to take credit for that. It was literally a book that was read to take a book mm-hmm. and to create a service mm-hmm. i just thought was absolutely fantastic i, I loved it and I, I it really connected you know you yeah, always I, wonder how yeah. will services believe connect. me i know you always wonder <laughs> and, and i mean across the board i had old people i had young people i had elders I, you know just across Good. the board oh, I'm glad. just the, I, the 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 comment was what a compelling concept Mm. for Christmas Eve, because so much of what happens in America, at least around Christmas time, really is 
not about the Bible. It's mm-hmm. not about what we right. read in Matthew right. and Luke. Right. And right. I don't know. I just thought it was fantastic. So great Thank job. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's do this. We're going to take an early okay. break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about 2022. Okay. Um, I, I want to share a little bit about my experience last weekend. Okay. I had my yeah. first Anglican church experience last weekend that. in Kansas City. It's direct line. It is Thursday, January 5, 2023. We'll be right back after this. You want to be confident that your investments are working for you. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you don't have to go far for the guidance to help make that happen? Dean Crandall works right here in Danville at Morgan Stanley's local office. As your financial advisor, Dean can help create a wealth plan and help you manage your investments. And he can help you work towards a comfortable retirement too. To make an appointment with Dean Crandall, call 217-477-0025. Morgan Stanley Smith Marty, LLC. Member S. IPC. Hans Tankwash is proud to support the Women's Care Clinic. Let's hear now from Interim Co-Director Mariah Hansen. Women's Care Clinic in Danville provides the love and support every woman deserves during pregnancy. The best news is all our services are free. Free pregnancy tests, free ultrasounds for pregnancy confirmation, and even free consultations with medical professionals. And that's not all. We offer parenting education, mentoring for moms and dads, and help with adoption planning. We also work closely with many community agencies for all the support our families need. More than anything, Women's Care Clinic offers hope, compassion, and care to our clients of every age and background. We'd love to have you join us. To learn more, volunteer, or make a gift, visit danvillewcc.org or call 217-431-0987. Women's Care Clinic in Danville changing lives one decision at a time. This is Deanna Witzel with the Witzel Family McDonald's, and we are hiring. With great benefits and starting pay up to $14 per hour, we have flexible opportunities to fit anyone's schedule. McDonald's is great for students, moms to work around school schedules, or senior citizens. Let us help you make friends in just a few hours a week or anyone who wants extra spending money. With seven locations, McDonald's is close to home with starting pay up to $14 per hour, career tracks for management, plus great benefits. McDonald's has an immediate job for you. Apply online at mchire.com. McDonald's, we're part of every community. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Well, welcome back to Direct Line. This is Stephanie with Greg, and I'm anxious to hear about last weekend's experience. Yeah. I've never been to an Anglican church. I know nothing about it, so I have tell not me about either it. until last week. My my daughter and son-in-law moved from Boston to the Kansas City area right. in September, and my son-in-law Jacob, uh, who's been in the Restoration Movement uh, in three different local church ministry situations, accepted a position with an Anglican church, okay. Christ Church Anglican, in Overland Park, Kansas, and I. I'd be lying if um, I, I said that that would have been my first choice. You know, I, right. I would have loved for him right. to stay in our stream per se. But I also knew some people that were connected with that church, and I know that it is a leading Anglican church, really, in in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And I'd done some research. I did my homework. Man, I was blown away. Great experience. Now, I went to two services. They do a traditional service, and it really felt like Catholic Mass in a lot of ways. I did not know this. The Anglican Communion Worldwide is the third largest group within Christianity. Hmm behind Roman Catholic and Greek Orthodox. I had no idea. And in America, uh, the Anglican Church has really had a resurgence, and I want to be careful in how I say this, but part of the Anglican communion in America, but primarily Episcopal churches, many of them have made the decision to go to the far left theologically. 
Okay, I'm going to stop you. Yep. You call it Anglican Communion? It's called the Anglican Communion Not community. Worldwide. Communion. Not com- the, the communion. The Anglican Communion. And you're talking about the act of taking communion? Well, no, I think that, I mean, it is part of that. But, I mean, they are very much um, part of a movement that, I mean, the name of it is the Anglican Communion okay. Worldwide. All right. All right. And so within America, you have a lot of... Um, and this church in particular moved away from the Episcopal Church okay. 25 years ago. Okay. And uh, from a theological standpoint, nothing really that I would dispute. They would practice baptism differently than we would. Uh, we are a church that practices baptism by immersion right. as part of the process of becoming a follower of Jesus. And I know that's controversial for some people, mm-hmm. but that's Stone Campbell movement theology. Uh, they offer baptism as part of the process of becoming of their church, but they offer it for infants and for adults both. Mm, okay. And so it's one of the sacraments that okay. they practice. But um, I loved the services, uh, both the traditional and the contemporary. The what did contemporary, you love about it? Um, I just loved how thought out it was. When I think liturgy, a lot of times, when I think responsive readings mm-hmm. and the experiences I've been a part of, it just seems like kind of rote, mm. you know, exercise. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like there's a lot of emotion. Man, that was not the case from mm-hmm. what I experienced. Uh, there was times that you were offered to intentionally pray and use the kneeler if you right. want to. I can't right. remember the last time I did that. Right. They did communion. Uh, they do it every week like we did communion two weeks ago where you come forward mm-hmm. and it is offered to you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and you, you were told, you know, this is the body right. and blood of Jesus right. broken and shed for you. Such a meaningful, meaningful mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. for me. The sermon was great. The sermon was um, the, uh, the Magi. They used the lectionary. So the lectionary for that week was okay. Matthew 2. So I just preached on that a couple right. weeks ago. Right. And a did they lot, talk about Dr. Seuss? Uh, they did not talk about Dr. <laughs> Seuss, okay. but they, the a, a lot of what they shared was really similar to what mm-hmm. I shared. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I guess for me, it was just a reminder that I have a tendency to only see my world sure. and to see my world as the right answer right. and everyone else right. as the wrong answer. And it was just, it was a, a confirmation that my kids are in a really good place. Great. They're Great. leveraging their community. You know, Alpha, right? right? They are an Alpha church. Okay. Alpha has changed the DNA of their church mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. like CR has changed the DNA right. of our church. Right. I got to talk to most of their ministry staff. Uh, Make good hmm. people that awesome. love Jesus, mm-hmm. that want to mm-hmm. see people come to saving faith in right. Jesus. So, can I um, ask you about yeah. the music? You know, the music, the music for the traditional service was very traditional. Okay. The organ was yeah. rolling, yeah. but they sang hymns that I knew. They sang We Three Kings, okay. you know? Yeah. Uh, of course, that was appropriate <laughs> for that right. week. The traditional, <clears throat> it wasn't a lot different from what we do. Mm-hmm. Now, it wasn't a full band. It right. was one guy and one gal singing. Mm-hmm. And what's the drum where you just kind the of cajon. do the... Yeah, the cajon. Okay. Uh-huh. But very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very, very enjoyable. Um, the, the biggest thing for me, I looked around both services, and you had different crowds. You had an older crowd at 8, mm-hmm. 8.15, I think it was. You had a, a somewhat younger crowd at 9.45. They were all into it. Oh, there good. was no one with their hands in their pocket kind of staring mm-hmm. at the ceiling. And mm-hmm. that that's a sign of, I think, the impact a church is making mm-hmm. when the people are with you. Now, I had a comment. I talked to the, the, the senior minister did not preach that day. I think this was the day a lot of us took off and right. let one of the associates preach. And the associate in charge of Alpha preached. And I met her after the second service. And she said, you know, you're an overachiever. You went to the first and the second service today. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, I'm here. And she said, you must be a minister. 
pastor. And I said, well, what do you mean? She goes, I could tell how engaged you were during the sermon. Oh, neat. And I said, well, okay, actually I am, but yeah. um, I, I've never heard that before, yeah. how engaged you were yeah. during it. But love the well, experience. Well, I like that you're saying it was a she. Yes, and she had a great message. Good. It was really, really well put together. Good. And Good. Um, yeah, I, I'm... I have a hard time going and just sitting and listening to other ministers, even when there's preachers preaching at Second Church, right. and and just being in worship mode, mm. just being. What, are you in, like an evaluating? Yeah, mode? Yeah, okay. it's a weakness. I don't know if yeah. you're that way when you go to churches with the music or not, but for me, I'm always kind of thinking through: Would I do this? Would I say that? Mm-hmm. Would I share that? Mm. And and that's not good. Mm. You know, that's not a positive necessarily. I just think that's how you're wired, but. Mm-hmm. I love the experience, Good. and um, obviously Sundays are hard days for us to take off, right. so I probably won't be there, you know, a lot, right. but I'm hoping to be able to worship with them at least once a year, as long as my kids are there. Well, I think so. as parents, it's always good to know when your kids yeah. are in a good place, a yeah. healthy place. Yeah. That's wonderful. I'm happy for Yeah, I for think them. it's going to be a great year good. for my daughter and son-in-law, yeah? so good. we're really excited about how that plays out. <laughs> hey, let's talk about some of the big news stories okay. quickly in 2022, and so I came up with that I think 2022 will be remembered for. And at the top of the list is the Dobbs decision mm-hmm. overturning Roe mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. Wade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as long as I've known you, I've talked about how that's the hope that so many pro-life people have had. Right. I always said that I hope that it would happen. I don't know that I really thought it ever would. Mm-hmm. But on June 24, 2022, the Supreme Court overruled Roe. Now, again, I want to just say it one more time. People say all the time that made abortion illegal. That is not true. Right overturning Roe sent the decision back to the states. The state of Illinois is an abortion haven, you know, and Mm -hmm. and it probably will be Mm -hmm. as long as Mm -hmm. the people we elect have that heartbeat. Mm -hmm. California is an abortion haven. New York is an abortion haven. But there are many states, including your state of Indiana, Mm -hmm. that have become increasingly more pro-life. And so I I think that's the number one thing 2022 will be remembered for from a news standpoint, at least from a faith perspective. Any Mm -hmm. thoughts on that? I mean, you agree? Disagree? I, no, I agree okay. with you. Okay. The second thing that um, I think the year will be remembered for is the religious liberty victories at the Supreme Court mm-hmm. level. And you know, there's a big debate going on right now about former President Trump. Right. And uh, he he's not at his best, I would just say. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things that are uh, unfolding, you know, I'm not excited about. Mm-hmm. But I do think his lasting legacy mm-hmm. will be mm-hmm. the impact he had on the judicial system and mm-hmm. specifically the Supreme mm-hmm. Court. The three appointees, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett. And yet you you see it beyond the issue of abortion. And, you know, we had that high school football coach case from the state of Washington. He was fired for kneeling silently to pray following football games. Which is interesting when you look at the events of this past week. Unbelievable. Let's save that thought because I want to come back to that. But it wasn't just the Coach Joe Kennedy case. There were multiple cases where courts and specifically the Supreme Court Mm -hmm. said, stop messing with religious liberty. Mm -hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. people aren't. I mean, they continue to wreak havoc for people of faith wanting to live out their faith. But um, I just think that's encouraging Mm -hmm. that you see more and more cases at the highest level, the judicial system saying, stop messing with people of faith. Number three is bad news, and it's the church scandals continue to flow. 
And Stephanie, I don't even know what to say. You know, we've talked about this. I looked back. We talked about it at the end of 2020. Mm -hmm. We talked about it at the end of 2021. And, you know, Hillsong, Mm -hmm. uh, Hillsong's one of the biggest churches in the world, right? right? I mean, their influence on worship ministry, Mm -hmm. I don't even know that you can put into words the influence. But they had major, major Mm -hmm. scandal Mm -hmm. involving, Mm -hmm. you know, their founder and the founder's son. And uh, it's just heartbreaking to see it happen. We're humans. And we people are. make mistakes. People sin. I yeah. I well, I, I don't know that it'll ever stop. I, but it has to. It has to stop. Well, I don't and, think and it will me, until Jesus comes When you comes see it back. at the the highest levels of Christianity, it harms our witness mm-hmm. in ways that I, I don't know that we'll recover from this side of heaven in however, a lot of ways. However, uh, what was the church where he stepped down? Um, We've talked oh, the about village, him. Matt the Chandler. Village. There yeah. are cases where things happen and they're handled well, and it can be yeah, a positive. That, that's thing, true. So. That, that's fair. I guess it's just a reminder for me that whether you're in a church of fifty thousand like Hillsong, or you're in a church of fifty, there's a whole bunch of communities, yes. uh, churches in our community yeah. that probably run fifty. It's just so important that we practice mm-hmm. what we preach. Mm-hmm. It's just so important that. Yeah. that we live our lives with Christian integrity. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, it, it's confounding. And by no means am I saying that I live a perfect life, that I don't make mistakes, mm-hmm. that I don't sin. Mm-hmm. But I do know that the way our church is structured, and a lot of the churches that I'm familiar with are structured, you could never have the kind of power that some of these mm-hmm. leaders have. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And and, and Mm -hmm. I just think that that's an important, important Mm -hmm. reality Mm -hmm. for people of faith, for churches to embrace, Mm -hmm. and specifically for... for leaders, Christian mm-hmm. leaders, mm-hmm. to understand this really is life and death. You know, mm-hmm. the choices that you make really do have lasting impact. I, I'm afraid there are people that will forever walk away from the faith or be unwilling to hear from mm-hmm. a person of faith mm-hmm. because of the really bad behavior of key Christian leaders. So let's stop talking about that. Number four, <laughs> uh, war in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So this Ongoing. happened in late February, was supposed to just be, you know, a couple weeks. Devastating. Uh, Uh, Well, and I mean the money that's being spent. And again, I I, I know people say you shouldn't even bring up the money. It's just, it's catastrophic on so many levels. Mm -hmm. And here we are 11, Mm -hmm. almost 11 months in. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's any end in sight, is there? You know, it doesn't I, appear to be. And I just um, it's just really sad to me. And then number five, you know, I think a huge issue that's flying under the radar is the number of parental rights and education cases mm-hmm. that people, for whatever reason, have realized what's going on in my kid's school mm-hmm. is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. You see. And again, my wife's a public school teacher. Mm-hmm. I think there is value when you have people of faith in public education trying to make an impact. But I know there are some situations where parents are just saying, we can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, in mm-hmm. our parochial schools here in Danville, mm-hmm. they, they, they are uh, doing really well mm-hmm. enrollment-wise. Mm-hmm. Homeschooling is on the rise, mm-hmm. you know. And I think you see in some of the extreme cases, which are not around here, um, school board elections taking place mm-hmm. where you have people that never thought they'd run for elected office mm-hmm. saying something must stop. Mm-hmm. And I think we're just scratching the surface of this. I think you're going to see more and more cases where parents are going to say, if that's what's happening in my kid's school, my kid's not going to be in that school yeah, any longer. Yeah. My my kids have a, you know, she's not even one year old yet, but they're already thinking, and they're in Florida where DeSantis is right. pretty, right. Uh, right. he's fighting back against all that. Where woke, woke goes to die. That's right. Yeah. 
and, yeah. and they're even saying, yeah. you know, we're looking at homeschooling. Yeah. 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 Here's the bonus case. I gave you the top five. The bonus is mm. Elon Musk buys Twitter. Mm -hmm. And so, um, <laughs> and again, I don't know. I, I It was good because what was happening at Twitter prior to Elon Musk buying, anyone that is a conservative Christian cannot be excited that the Christian post was banned, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that the Babylon B was banned, that, um, you know, people making a case for biblical marriage are banned. I mean, that was Looney Tunes. Now, I think it's went pretty far to the other mm -hmm. side as well. Mm -hmm. But I think 2022, uh, just on a total news story, take faith out of it. Mm -hmm. That may be the number one story, uh, along with the war in Ukraine, mm -hmm. is the impact mm -hmm. of Elon Musk. And he's already saying he's going to give it up. He's already saying he's going to pass the torch to somebody else. But you're not a Twitter person. Mm -mm, I'm not. Have you been inspired in the Elon Musk era to join Twitter? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I do think it is fascinating that uh, you have many left-leaning thought people that are now being banned on Twitter. And I don't like that. Right. I don't think anybody should be banned. Correct. But I find it a little surprising yeah. how outraged they are right. when this has been happening, right. you know, just on the other side of right. the spectrum. Right. So did he fire a lot of people too? Uh, like 85% yeah. of the employees and, and they're still going, they're still up and running. So I wonder what that tells you. <laughs> a lot of wasted thoughts? money. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> He's a businessman, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Well, Hey, let's go to break. When we come back, I want to talk about some things that are happening in our world today. Um, also just share a couple things that I'm going to remember 2022 for mm -hmm. on a personal level. Mm -hmm. You're listening to direct line. It is Tuesday, January 5th. We'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm Linda Darby and I'm part of the third generation of Darby's to own sunset funeral home in Memorial park. Since the 1960s, our family has been proud to serve Vermilion County by providing unmatched dedication and personalized service to families. And I'm Ross Darby. I'm part of the fourth generation in our family business. I want to introduce you to Hall of Fame plaques and signs. We promise to provide you with the same level of service at our sign shop that you've grown accustomed to at our funeral homes and cemetery. With a name like Hall of Fame, it's going to be great. Robinson Chiropractic wants you to know that you're never too young or old to benefit from chiropractic care. Robinson Chiropractic can help increase your mobility and range of motion. Plus, regular alignments just make you feel better. Come get acquainted today. Robinson Chiropractic is located at the corner of Vermillion and Poland Road in Danville, also in Hoopston, Westville, and Watsika. Make an appointment today at robchiro.com. That's R-O-B-C-H-I-R-O.com. This is Deanna Witzel with the Witzel Family McDonald's, and we are hiring. With great benefits and starting pay up to $14 per hour, we have flexible opportunities to fit anyone's schedule. McDonald's is great for students, moms to work around school schedules, or senior citizens. Let us help you make friends in just a few hours a week, or anyone who wants extra spending money. With seven locations, McDonald's is close to home. With starting pay up to $14 per hour, career tracks for management, plus great benefits. McDonald's has an immediate job for you. Apply online at mchire.com. McDonald's, we're part of every community. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Well, welcome back to Direct Line. It is the first Thursday in 2023. Greg Taylor and Stephanie Spangler, no guests this week. Just you and I yakking away. Just and two of us. We've been yakking away for almost three years. <laughs> I know. This is you yak and you yak a lot, and I listen. This but is I've learned a lot from you. You yak. You, you share. I, well, it's been a good time. But this is show 149. Really? You know what that means? 
Next week is 150. 150. (laughs) So there you go. And we could not do direct line without some awesome sponsors. Who are we saying thank you to? Don and Deanna Witzel with McDonald's. Chris and Daisha Robinson with Robinson Chiropractic. The Darby family with Sunset Funeral Home. The team at Hans Tankwash. Dean and Gina Crandall with Morgan Stanley. And Bill and Mary Lou Knight with Lakewood Insurance. And I want to just give a preview of some of our shows in the weeks to follow. We're going to be guest heavy moving forward next week. John Cutshaw is going to join us. I don't know if you know John or not, but Mm -hmm. I've known John all of my adult ministry life. Um, He actually retired from local church ministry, but then began serving as an intentional full-time interim minister. And he is serving with the Community Church of God here in town. And he's going to come and give us an update on, on Community Church of God. But more to the point, talk about his role as an intentional hmm. interim minister. John's a fascinating guy, hmm. taught at a Bible college for many years, okay. and we'll be excited to have him join us two weeks from today. Mariah Hansen and another person, we're not sure who, okay. uh, from the Women's Care Clinic are going to join us. Um, that's the Thursday before the Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, and we're going to talk Great. about WCC mm-hmm. and uh, wh- what is happening with the Sanctity mm-hmm. of Human Life now that Roe has been overturned. Mm-hmm. Three weeks from today, our buddies Chris Lawler and Miles Clark Good. will be back in the house, and we'll have all kinds of uh, fun stuff for them. And then one month from today, on February 2nd, Pastor Ryan Harris of the Assembly of God in town and Dave Anderson of First Nazarene Church will be Mm -hmm. with us. And, you know, we had them on a long time ago. I I was thinking about who do we want to have Mm -hmm. on in 2023. Mm -hmm. I think it might be two years since Mm -hmm. we've had them on. I know it's before we were back in studio, Mm -hmm. and they're good friends, Mm -hmm. and I serve with them on the Women's Care Clinic board, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. just thought I would pick their brain. Uh, What's a Nazarene guy? to say in 2023 yeah. <laughs> what's an aog or have to That's say right. in 2023 so it's going to be a great time but i want to talk about some of the news of the week and probably the thing that i have mm-hmm. read more about mm-hmm. and been engaged with more than anything else was what happened on mm-hmm. monday night football right. now you were watching yep I was watching, and when I say I was watching, I was floating between Monday Night Football and the Bulls game, okay. and you know, you know, some uh, some news. So mm-hmm. I was kind of back and forth right. between the three. But Demar Hamlin, mm-hmm. who is a starting safety for the Buffalo Bills, a second year player, twenty four years old, uh, made a tackle, mm-hmm. looked like a very routine tackle in the first quarter, mm-hmm. and uh, got up mm-hmm. from the tackle and immediately went down mm-hmm. and was lifeless. Mm-hmm. And for nine minutes, you had team. Uh, trainers, mm-hmm. and I think eventually paramedics mm-hmm. doing CPR, and he had a heart attack. His mm-hmm. heart stopped. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't remember a more surreal event happening mm-hmm. at an athletic contest mm-hmm. that I've seen mm-hmm. since Hank Gathers died in 1990 playing a major college basketball game mm-hmm. on the West Coast. What were you thinking as well, you I watched it I was on the phone happen? with someone, so I didn't have the sound up. I was just looking, and uh, it just you just expected him to get up. Yeah. Yeah, they always get up, yeah. or yeah. or they get on a stretcher and they take them out and give the thumbs up. Yeah, um, yeah, it was surreal. Well, for me, um, he went down. You know, they went to break. Mm-hmm. I flipped to the Bulls game. Mm-hmm. I came back, and they're not showing Demar. Right. They're not showing that, but they're showing the players. Right. And you see players crying. Right. I can't right. remember right. the last time right. I saw mm-hmm. an NFL football player on the field mm-hmm. crying mm-hmm. other than when the game was over. and Maybe they lost mm-hmm. in a heartbreaking mm-hmm. way. Right. But I realized real quickly, this is not a knee injury. Mm-hmm. This is not a calf injury. Well, Something and I realized when they horrific. formed that shield around him, you oh, could, I mean, you yeah. couldn't see what was happening. Yeah. Garrett, Garrett, I'm going to get you yeah. on here. Um, you're, you're a football guy. What were you thinking as you saw that unfolding? Um, well, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't watching it live. Um, I was just kind of 
scrolling through like Instagram or something and saw the uh, some people post about it. And uh, yeah, just looked at it. And I mean, I could tell just from the replays. I mean, obviously, I kind of had context of what was going on, that it was something serious beforehand. But even right. just from like watching it, I I was like, man, he just dropped to the ground. That's mm-hmm. that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Like. Like in, you know, it's not like he was clutching his like legs or anything mm-hmm. or clutching a, a certain part of his, you know, body or anything. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, um, you know, we were talking about before the show went on air, my dad's a paramedic and um, kudos to, you know, the paramedics, the EMTs yeah. and the entire medical staff mm-hmm. in that stadium yeah. for doing what they did, jumping in that early because I mean, you wait, you know, 15, 20 seconds mm-hmm. longer yeah. and mm-hmm. it could be catastrophic. I yeah. mean, it, it was catastrophic yeah. to begin with. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but um, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily realize, you know, why it took so long for them to perform CPR right. or not necessarily why it took so long for them to perform it, but why it lasted as long mm-hmm. as it did. And it's because they have to stabilize that, you know, the, the patient before they can transport him to the hospital. You your first your first thing that you do as a paramedic is you always want to make sure that there's a heartbeat while you're on the way but either before you get them in the ambulance or while you are on the way to the hospital. That way you can transfer them to the doctor so yep. that you know they can perform. Yep. And you know, just like I said, kudos to those yeah. those paramedics and stuff like that because you know with my dad being a paramedic, um I've I've seen him have to jump into situations out in public like that and yeah. and it it it's scary. It's a scary yeah. thing. And I and I, I just feel like, you know, there's nothing wrong with people like wanting to know why it took so long. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. it's just one of those things that that's what they're there to do. Yeah. They're professionals. Yeah. They didn't let the crowd get to them. Right. They didn't let the, you know, literally the big lights get to them. Right. So. Right. Yeah. It's a scene like I have not seen in quite some time. And I'm thankful yeah. that the paramedics were able to get a pulse. You know, um, I shared with you off air. I was an EMT uh, early. Learned in, that about you today. Yeah, and um, I, I had to do CPR hmm. on, on someone. I, I don't want to give all the details uh, for privacy reasons, but we knew the individual was deceased. Mm-hmm. He'd taken his own life. Mm-hmm. But you don't have that opportunity when you're an EMTA. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, we did 25, 30 minutes of CPR as an ambulance went just crazy fast mm-hmm. from, you know, rural mm-hmm. Shelbyville to, to a Decatur. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was one of the most physically exhausting mm-hmm. things I'd been a part of mm-hmm. doing the compressions. Right. Uh, when I got to the hospital, I had bone fragment in my hair. Mm. My, my, my clothes were bloody, mm-hmm. um, horrific, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm so thankful that Damar was, you know, restored to life mm-hmm. and that they were, cause I'll tell you, I think it's a lot harder than you think when people work to save someone mm-hmm. and they're unable to, yeah. I mean, I, I, and again, I don't want to speak for your father, but no, I, I, I think that's hard to, to overcome sometimes. Absolutely. And now I want to give you a good two, two things that happened out of this <laughs> that I thought were just unbelievable. You know, you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. the hate toward mm-hmm. people that want to pray, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. we don't want any part of that. I didn't hear any of that Monday night. Mm-hmm. In fact, do you know the name Stephanie Dan Orlovsky? I do now. Okay. <laughs> former ESPN. Well, he's former NFL quarterback, yeah. yep. strong person of faith, yeah. and on ESPN Live, mm-hmm. he prayed. Uh, and it was a great prayer. Well, <laughs> as I watched that night, yeah. I didn't see that live, but yeah. I, I said to myself, I wish someone would just pray yeah. instead of saying yeah. our prayers, because yeah. all the commentators, yeah. our prayers are with, would, yeah. I just wish somebody would do it. And yeah. he did. Yeah. And I mean, you had a lot of praying on the field and, you yes. know, um, and, and there's a lot of people throwing stones at the NFL and at ESPN for being hypocrites and that you blasted Tim Tebow. 
for taking the knee and praying. Mm-hmm. You've blasted people of faith, right. and now in a crisis situation, you want to turn to prayer. You know what I say? Whatever it takes. I really do. And I think the fact that ESPN aired mm-hmm. this couple-minute prayer, mm-hmm. and it was a great prayer, yeah. um, maybe it's a sign of things to come. I don't know. but It's, I, it's a little bit hopeful. I love it. <laughs> it I, gives you some hope. And and to the person who thinks that people should not be allowed to express yeah, their faith yeah, in prayer, yeah. really— Prayer is just, you're, it's just you talking to God. Yep. You're not trying to Absolutely. get anybody else to do it or you're just talking to God. You know, there, there was a saying in the military, um, there are no atheists right, in foxholes. Fox right. And I thought of that, yeah, you know, yeah. um, people that probably were radically opposed to the idea of someone expressing mm-hmm. faith, mm-hmm. probably they weren't thinking that thought. They right. were probably thinking, God bring some healing. Right. So for whatever the, that's worth. The whole thing, you know, people saying, oh, the NFL, I can't believe yeah. they were going to make him play in five minutes. And yeah. how come it took yeah. so long? Yeah. I just think, let's just give everybody, everybody Grace. some yeah. slack and say, yeah, everybody probably did the very best that they could yeah. from the top down, I think. Yeah. Um, you don't think so? I want to be there. Um, I, I certainly there. have I a lot of there. grace for the teams themselves. I have a lot of grace for the referees. I think at the highest levels of the NFL, I don't have, uh, I, I don't know that I'm there, quite honestly. Well, were they I really there? don't. Or they're not even well, there. They're but, probably but again, somewhere else. But I mean, again, just a lot of the decisions that you see at a lot of, you know, professional sports, Stephanie, I think it comes down to dollars and cents. Sure, it comes and down to And I think players are pawns. And, you know, tweets were emerging, and Skip Bayless was one of them. I don't know if you follow him or not, but it was kind of like, well, it'd be nice to cancel the game, but we can't cancel the game. There's only two weeks left in the season. And I just think that thought process you may think it keep it to yourself and because it just makes you look ridiculously bad what would have happened if he would have died yeah you know what i'm saying i think what it is is it's like and i'm not defending skip bayless at all because i'm not a big fan of him um but like everybody says something that's going to get scrutinized in any way right but to go and double down on that you know and give a half-hearted apology that's where it's like okay like do you know who that is skip bayless he's an espn commentator sports commentator he's 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 an outrage he's he's he's, a shock value yeah exactly he he likes to just be in the limelight Mm -hmm. making controversial you know opinions that's probably what he gets paid to do exactly (laughs) and you know there was one of the local guys for cincinnati said you know stop the ridiculousness there are 70,000 people here that paid good money to see the game, get the guy to the hospital, and start playing football. But, now, that's yeah. stupid to, yeah. to tweet, I in think, my opinion. I, I think that's definitely you know? something that's like, okay, you're definitely pointing out. I mean, yeah. it's, yeah. Now, he did delete just, that tweet. <laughs> you know? I think as you watch the 70,000 people file out, yeah. Yeah. and that lone guy standing there with that, yeah. you know, the yeah. cardboard that said yeah. pray for number three. Yeah. Okay, so people said some dumb things. People maybe made... Let's just yeah. let's just give everybody grace and and say yeah. we, probably everybody did the best that they could and really the people that mattered did the yeah. best that they could and, and I I, I <laughs> appreciate your perspective because I, I mean, need I need that perspective more it's a reminder for me I will say and for people in leadership whether it's church leadership or government leadership or whatever it may be in situations like this just be really smart about mm-hmm. what you put out there. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that's happened in the last seven years that I don't like is the idea is if I'm thinking it, I'm going to tweet it. And if fa- I'm and thinking how fast. it, I'm going to say it. Right. And I go back to one of the most important verses of Scripture in the Bible, be James one nineteen. Be quick to listen. Yeah. Slow to speak. Yeah. Slow to become angry. Now, let right. me give you some good news. DeMar Hamlin set up a toy drive mm-hmm. for children in his 
hometown community. I right. can't remember the community in Pennsylvania, right. but he wanted to raise two thousand five hundred dollars, right. and he had not achieved that <laughs> by the game. Yeah. Over six million dollars <laughs> has come crazy. in. So I don't know That's what those kids toys. in that little Pennsylvania town are like, but they're going to be flowing in toys. But it's generosity like that that reminds me how incredible Americans really are. You know, and, and you know, I, I look even at our church and other churches in this community. You know, three four months ago, uh, catastrophe, mm-hmm. financial catastrophe mm-hmm. was being predicted mm-hmm. by many. Mm-hmm. And I just look, and I'm just reminded that th- there is just something special about people. So it's okay who are when moved. the money talks, when this case, but not money in, when it's in the business side. I mean, well, money talks, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. you can use your money for yeah, good or absolutely. bad. But I mean, absolutely. And I just thought um, that is a neat story that needs to sure. be told because I, I'm I'm guessing 99% of the people that contributed to that Go Me Fund didn't even know the name DeMar Hamlin Monday afternoon. Now, maybe that's an exaggeration, mm-hmm. but my hunch is a lot of them had no idea who this player was, but you can't unsee that. You, you can't take that out of your sight. And uh, I just... I, I love when people rise to the occasion, mm-hmm. and I, I wish the young man the very best. Sure. They say that things are looking hopeful, but I would like to just remind people we have no idea what that means. Right. When you're on a ventilator, um, man, all bets are off. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. When you have CPR being done to you for nine minutes, I would just say all bets are off. So I, I don't want people to think he's going to be back for the first-round playoff game or anything mm-hmm. along those lines. And um, just one of those moments that we'll probably forever remember. Mm-hmm. Hey, two more things, and we'll go to break right here. Um, we talk a lot about first-world problems. Did you hear about the John Piper first-world <laughs> preaching problem? He must be pretty uh Well, John Piper, yeah, John Piper's a good preacher, man. If you're a Calvinist, yeah. he's your guy. Yeah. And he was preaching with passion during one of the Christmas services, and his Apple Watch started going off, and they said that he'd obviously had a catastrophic fall, and he hadn't, but he was so animated, his Apple Watch was calling for medical intervention. And so I just got a chuckle out of that. Sure. Now, I get pretty into yes, sermons do. at times. Do you have an Apple Watch? So I don't have an Apple Watch. But I did get a Christmas present from my kids. What's that? And there's significant others. And my wife, I got a Garmin watch. Okay. And so it's a, it's a great blessing. In fact, I'm getting a call right now on my Garmin watch from my friend J.D. Harold. I'm going to decline that. I won't take it right now. <laughs> but, um, man, I love it. And so it tracks cool. my steps. Yeah. And um, it tells me how stressed I am. Oh. Now, la- last night I was watching the Illinois basketball game. Okay. Just a train wreck of was a basketball it? game. And it said that my stress <laughs> level was really good. So I don't think that that's correct because... Uh, my blood pressure was boiling with about so, 10 minutes left so in that game. did John Piper have to like address it in the did. service? He like, did. He yeah, stopped so. his sermon and he said, my Apple Watch is telling me that I've fallen and I can't get up. How classic is that? That's pretty good. But again, those are first world problems. Right, so exactly. I, I'd love to know if you have an Apple Watch and you've ever had an instance like that where you didn't have an injury, you didn't fall, <laughs> but Apple thought that you did reach out to me, Greg, at secondchurch.com. Oh, Here's the third thing, and we'll go to break along those lines. Piper, earlier this year, uh, shared in a sermon that he thought Christians should not rule out giving family and friends a holy kiss. And he said it's biblical that the Apostle Paul said, Mm -hmm. greet one another with a holy kiss. And so, Stephanie, what say you? Well, since COVID, we don't even (laughs) greet each other at all. We don't turn to each other and even speak to each other. So I think, you know, I... 
even before COVID at our church, we had some people say, oh, don't don't spend the time to shake hands. And I, right. I don't like that. I wish that we would turn to each other more and look at each other in the eye and maybe hug someone and say, I'm so glad to see you here today. Yeah. Because we're always just looking forward at the stage. And so I'm I'm not saying I'm necessarily for the kissing. Yeah. But I'm for the embracing and yeah. looking at each other. You know, what do you um, think? that was one of the things in the Anglican church experience that yes. I had in the traditional, but not the contemporary, but no, actually in both, they said, turn around and greet those who are around you. We used and, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't do yeah, that anymore. Yeah. And I think I'm going to go back yeah, to that. I, you know, I, I think Piper is onto something. Mm-hmm. Now I got to be honest with you. There is one person in our church and I love him dearly. Mm-hmm. And he has greeted me with a holy yes. kiss multiple times. Yes. And it's not my favorite thing, quite <laughs> honestly, to get a kiss from another guy. Thankfully, it's not on the lips. You know, he gives me a, a, a kiss on the forehead or a kiss on the cheek. Well, it's the most action I get. So I but, don't mind well, it. Well, but I'm going to tell you, I think there is something powerful about giving and embrace to a brother or sister in Christ. And a lot of times we only do it during times of tragedy. I don't know if you noticed that or not. No one worries about it in the the funeral visitation line. We give hugs or, you know, signs of expression. Mm -hmm. But it is interesting that Paul's context when he says greet greet one another with a holy kiss, it's not a funeral visitation. It's this is your brother, this is your sister in Christ. So anyway, we'll see where it goes. Why don't we try it this week? I think we could do it. See what happens. Greet each other with a holy kiss. Well, I don't know about happens. a holy kiss. <laughs> is is there such a thing as a holy fist bump or a there, holy hug? There became that or a during holy handshake. COVID. Yeah. Everybody was like, I can't, yeah. I can touch you with my elbow, but, but can I, I be can't honest touch with you? you with my hand. I was fist bumping people before COVID. Were you? I really okay. was. I don't know why. Um, yeah, I've just always been a little weird, especially with women. About hugs. I don't know yeah. why. I, I've just been apprehensive. And um, I, I know. I, I don't know. Yeah, That's it is. Shame. It is. Because uh, you just, you worry. And I think the Me Too movement maybe. Mm. impacted my thought process. Don't don't ever mm-hmm. do something that's going to be misunderstood. But again, Paul's pretty clear. These are your brothers and sisters but in you know, Christ. There are so many people that maybe do not have human touch. Yeah. I agree. I mean, single people or I agree. You know, widows or people. And just having someone I agree. reach out to you I agree. Is, is a very human thing. I agree. So. I, I had a, something happen a couple of weeks ago. On one of those really cold days, I was out walking, mm-hmm. which I probably shouldn't have been doing. And I walked by um, one of our seniors' mm-hmm. homes, condos. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, it was bad. Really, really cold. And she was going to try to pull her garbage out to mm-hmm. the street. It wasn't mm-hmm. that far. But I saw her. And I said, hey, let me do it. And mm-hmm. I pulled it out and you know, said, hey, you know, hope mm-hmm. you have a good, happy new year mm-hmm. and went on mm-hmm. my way. I got the nicest note from her, and she said, I I can't thank you Mm. for stopping and helping me. I'd not Mm. been out of my house for five days, and it was such a blessing that you did that. It it took me 45 seconds, and I just wonder how many times do we miss opportunities to really make an impact with people. So. Well, hey. I, I, yeah, making eye contact. Yeah, absolutely. Looking at someone in the eye. Absolutely. You see them. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, hey, I looked at the clock, man. We are, we are about done? done with the show. All We're right. going to take a break. When okay. we come back, my good news segment is uh, going to be about a death that had happened, but his life changed his faith community in a great and mighty way. And he's my good news segment for the week. Uh, direct line, Thursday, January 5th. We'll be right back after this. Hi. I'm Linda Darby, and I'm part of the third generation of Darbys to own Sunset Funeral Home in Memorial Park. Since the 1960s, our family has been proud to serve Vermilion County by providing unmatched dedication and personalized service to families. And I'm Ross Darby. I'm part of the fourth generation in our family business. I want to introduce you to Hall of Fame plaques and signs. 
We promise to provide you with the same level of service at our sign shop that you've grown accustomed to at our funeral homes and cemetery. With a name like Hall of Fame, it's gonna be great! Robinson Chiropractic wants you to know that you're never too young or old to benefit from chiropractic care. Robinson Chiropractic can help increase your mobility and range of motion. Plus, regular alignments just make you feel better. Come get acquainted today. Robinson Chiropractic is located at the corner of Vermillion and Poland Road in Danville, also in Hoopston, Westville, and Watsika. Make an appointment today at robchiro.com. That's R-O-B-C-H-I-R-O.com. You want to be confident that your investments are working for you. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you don't have to go far for the guidance to help make that happen? Dean Crandall works right here in Danville at Morgan Stanley's local office. As your financial advisor, Dean can help create a wealth plan and help you manage your investments. And he can help you work towards a comfortable retirement too. To make an appointment with Dean Crandall, call 217-477-0025. Morgan Stanley Smith Marty LLC. Member SI. PC. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Well, welcome back to Direct Line. It is Thursday, January 5th. Stephanie, what do you know about the popes, the leaders of the Catholic Church? Pretty high up important people. Yeah, well, they are. Uh, Bishop of Rome, I think, is mm-hmm. the official title, but they are the leader mm-hmm. of the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church is the largest Christian mm-hmm. I guess we'd say group gathering worldwide. And uh, Pope Benedict died last week Mm -hmm. at the age of 95, and he had not been Pope for several years. He had done something that had been unheard of within the Catholic Church. Most of the time, you were Pope till you died. Mm -hmm. And in 2013, he determined that he was no longer in the place where he felt like he could lead the church, Mm -hmm. and so he resigned. And so I want to just kind of pay tribute to him. Mm -hmm. And I I go into this saying, I'm not a Roman Catholic. I don't know a lot about Catholicism. I had one class in seminary Mm -hmm. that you know studied it. That was 30 years ago. But I think Pope Benedict might be the most consequential leader of the Catholic Church in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. I know there's people that are going to throw stones at that right away, but I want to give you three reasons that I think his life and his ministry was significant. Number one, he was the first pope to resign in 600 years. And I think that's a a powerful lesson, Mm -hmm. because I know for me, I've watched guys that I really looked up to in ministry. They couldn't walk away. Mm -hmm. They didn't walk away. Mm -hmm. They needed to walk Mm -hmm. away. Everyone in their life knew they needed to walk away. Mm -hmm. They couldn't do Mm -hmm. it. And it ended up really soiling their legacy, Mm -hmm. really soiling their impact. And so I think that's one way that he will be known. The second thing that he did that I just love is you probably know that the Catholic Church has had some real bad press, and they've earned it Mm -hmm. through the priest child abuse sex scandal. He publicly apologized for the time that he was the leader of the German diocese and Mm. sex abuse took place under his purview. And he could have easily said, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. He could have easily said, I was unaware. Mm -hmm. He came out and he said, I'm sorry. Mm. There's no excuse. Um, You were wronged and we will compensate you. Mm. And I think it takes a big leader to be able to say, Mm -hmm. this was wrong and I apologize Mm -hmm. and I'm sorry. Here's the third thing. And I know there's some people right now that are going to be unhappy with what I'm going to say, reach out to me, greg at secondchurch.com. He unapologetically said, I do not want communion being offered to politicians Hmm. that are radically pro-abortion. And um, 
one of the leading politicians in our country mm-hmm. who would normally go to a funeral like that is not going to his funeral. And is it because of that? Well, or is it that, because well, other heads of state were, they didn't want well, the... Well, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, he was unafraid to call people out by name. It wasn't just American politicians. Mm-hmm. But he basically said, if you are not going to protect life... Mm-hmm. You should not receive the elements. Now, I don't know that I agree. I I think communion is a reminder. We're all broken. We're Mm -hmm. all fallen. Mm -hmm. We all need Jesus. But he was unashamed to take that stand, and he took a lot of hits. Mm. Uh, The media did not like Pope Benedict. Mm. In fact, this is probably one of the few positive tributes that are going to be paid to Pope Benedict on the airwaves, would Mm. be my guess. Mm. But I think he was a leader that impacted his faith community in an exceptional way. He did what he thought was right regardless of the consequences, Hmm. and I think we need more leaders Mm -hmm. that are like that. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? Sounds like a great man. Okay. All right. Well, hey, that's all we got this week. On behalf of my friend Stephanie Spangler and Garrett, the sound guy, thanks for listening to Direct Line. We'll see you next week. Have a great week.